like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. We are here this week, the uh, second episode of Unwanted, right? Or third? Third. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think. I don't know. It's hard to keep track. It's been a long month. Um, We are here either way to talk about a return to sleep. No. Yes. No. Which movie is Sleepaway Camp? Sleepaway Camp 2. Happy Camp. So I just I went like I was waiting for Corey, folks, and I got <laughs> I went real deep on the Sleepaway Camp Wikipedia. Um, oh. I am so fascinated by this series. It is a nightmare of the film world. Um so Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Camper is the full title. Oh, Unhappy uh, Camper. There's so much to talk Sorry. about with this movie. It is a sequel that is definitely yeah, it definitely fits into our unwanted category um, because I'm pretty sure almost nobody wanted a sequel. And the one that we got is probably not the one most people who are fans of the first movie would have probably wanted. So uh, I think of the sequels we've caught so far, I think that is uh, the the epitome of unwanted with the exception of maybe next week's movie. But we'll get into that at the end of this oh, episode. Oh, man. Um, for this uh, episode, if you're new to the podcast, before we get into our review of the movie of the week, uh, we like to catch up with how we've been doing and talk about what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. Uh, Corey, you said you've had a long day, so how are you doing? <laughs> it's been a long week, but it's just been madness. And then on top of that, I decided to work overtime, <laughs> so I do it to myself. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we do those things. But it's going to be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, while I, get, while I can get it. And I just have a couple things I'm planning for next year. So I'm trying to really think ahead. Um, yeah. Yeah, So, but I'm fine. I get to go to brunch tomorrow with my ladies. Ah, yes. Some the ladies. ladies. Yeah. Bunch of I've cuties. never been to a real brunch Oh my god, we go once a month. We have we dedicate one Saturday a month. It can be, you know, sometimes it changes depending on everyone's schedule, but we go brunching and I love brunch and you know, I can get down with Ron and Leslie because breakfast foods make everything better. Oh, I'm go a brunch. fan of breakfast foods. I don't I don't know. I think we have a couple of places that do a brunch thing. It's just it's usually I don't know. I get up and I eat breakfast. And then I eat lunch at some point, you know, so like I'd have to delay breakfast or sleep in. Neither of those two things seem like an option. So, okay, fair. But, you know, it's all good. I, I've had some fun this week myself. Uh, it's been a long week. Um, w- you know, uh, we're covering Tribeca uh, virtually at com. And um, so I've had to watch movies, but I've taken a couple days and didn't watch any movies because like other days I watched three or four movies. Um, and, but I, I made some time with some friends this week and, uh, you know, we went to a new pizza place that has like a thin crust pizza and they cut it in like little squares. And I really like this pizza place. 
Um, I got a taco pizza. And it was super good, and they used Cholula hot sauce in the in their pizza sauce to like give it a little bit more flair, and I, I enjoyed that very much. I also got a salad though on the side, um, which was also good. And um, you know, uh, Father's Day is this weekend, and I, my my family's already um, kind of notoriously. Uh, Kathy doesn't like to really wait on gifts. I'm pretty sure if I wasn't around at Christmas time, we would just never have presents. It would just be like I bought you this. Um, because she gets really excited and doesn't want to like wait. So yeah. like, I got my father's day present from her and Taylor last like three night. months ago. <laughs> it, it probably could have been, I mean, she gets me to be fair. We buy each other stuff a lot. So it's, yeah. it's very likely that, yeah, that's probable. But, um, I got, um, some, they got me some magic cards, which is of course always awesome. And it's, it's some sweets, which I've been today. It was a bad sweet day. I allowed some excess, uh, because, um, Taylor's boyfriend also uh, bought me cupcakes uh, for like, Ooh. he bought cupcakes for everybody, but for Father's Day. So that was really nice. So I was like, well, I got to eat a cupcake because, um, you know, got a cupcake. And the the weird thing of the week, and I, I, I haven't talked to, about this with anyone yet, but oh. um, an armadillo decided to die next to our house. What? Like I, I mean, I don't know what caused his death. He maybe had no say in it, but nevertheless, there is a dead him. armadillo. No, no, no. It's not in a place where he could have been hit unless he limped way far away. And, okay. Um, it would have still it would have been quite the crawl. Um, to get to where he is. Uh, so I don't know if he had been attacked by something or if he just died of old age and happened to like wedge himself in a position that is not easy to deal with. And from what I've read it's advised that people who are not trained handling dead armadillos specifically, um, not, not handle them because they can have leprosy and leprosy can spread only to humans. Apparently. So like armadillos and humans, that's it, which, you know, I'm already kind of a freak about stuff like that. So like the second I, I knew it was a dead armadillo, I was already like, well, I'm not touching it. Like there's no way because I know they have leprosy. And then I read it and that only confirmed my fear so right now there's just a dead armadillo and we're trying to figure out how to get rid of it other than it just like naturally going away. Um, cause you know, it's nasty. It smells a little bit already. Um, and we, we haven't been able to get in contact with our housing department. Uh, I feel like it falls into their criteria because they, it's their property technically speaking. Um, so I'm hoping that they'll at least assist in, in, disposing of it but would that be animal animal control see i don't think so because it's dead i thought um, that they I, I, roadkill. <laughs> I don't really know there is a department that does that but i don't know if this oh. qualifies this is i think we're in that weird gray area like <laughs> animal control won't come out if like a scary wild animal is on your doorstep oh but they'll come out if it's in your house there's something like that there's some weird like criteria that has to be met for them to qualify because like they can't move a wildlife animal which is all you know what i'm saying they can't move an animal from its natural habitat it has to be like infringing on the habitat we we had this happen several years ago we came home and there was a gigantic snake on our back stairs like we okay. could see it from the like driving past We're like what was that and i like backed up and like <laughs> that's a giant snake um, and they would not come because it's like, well, the snakes outside snakes are outside. That's what happens. Like, so 
we're like, yeah, but it's on our steps. Like it's, <laughs> it's not just outside. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it has to be in the house. I'm like, so I should invite it in? Like, what is this, a vampire? What's happening? <laughs> no. um, My but, favorite. So... I'm so sorry. I was just remembering the last time that I came to visit and I stay with you guys because you're awesome. And um, the possum hissed at me. There was a possum on the front step mm. and it just is. Like, I didn't belong there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Man, we haven't seen a possum in a long time. Either. Maybe he went back to, to Idaho with you. Um, <laughs> no. I don't remember the last time we saw one. Um, yeah, it, it's been it's been a little weird. Um, but yeah, so hopefully that'll get resolved uh, soon. But uh, it's kind of it's kind of a nightmare. It's because I, I got like I had like a, a little bit of a, a anxiety attack, like after we got home, because like there was just so many things happening and that, that was something and I don't know how to deal with that because I really want to deal with it, but I'm also very afraid to deal with it. And also I'm, I'm a little bit of a, like I'm a germaphobe when it comes to very specific things and death is one of them. I Says like, the teacher. Dead things freak me out. Dead <laughs> things freak me out. Like yeah. inherently always have like, and I don't, I don't know how irrational it is, but again, I read the thing that said like leprosy in the dead thing. And I'm like, well, that's only confirmed a fear I already had. That was probably irrational, but now, that's valid. Even it, but even if it's wrong, um, now I, it's in there. It's like, it's not going to go away. So I can't, I personally cannot touch it or get near it. Even again, I, I have a shovel. I understand that's not touching it, but it, it's like, what if, what if something splatters on me? And then I, I am, weak stomach with real life stuff like i don't deal with gross things without getting sick myself like i will and especially it stinks like i'm getting nauseous just trying to think about how awful it probably is so listeners i'm a bit of a a mental case that's why i watch a lot of movies is how i deal with so (laughs) um that's that was my that's been my like the last two days because kathy discovered uh the armadillo yesterday and then i was like well we'll try to get it dealt with today and we couldn't get in touch with anyone from our housing community um so we're still kind of just like crap this is awful uh yeah so that otherwise i had a otherwise good day today but that's that's like in the back of my mind just messing with me so um let's get into what we've been watching Corey. Have you seen anything since the last time we recorded? Yeah. Okay. So, I am just really excited to be going back to the movies again regularly. Um, so there's that. I um watched So I rewatched because I love these movies so much. I watched Blade Runner. Um, so I need to watch 2049 soon. But um we went to the theater and saw Cruella. Oh, man. Do you ever, like, go places, and you and I have worked, like, pretty busy retail, and you're just like, I could have all these customers taken care of in, like, two seconds flat? I was in line with a friend. We were the second people, like, we were together. We were the second ones in line, and we were literally, it took us, like, 20 minutes to get our concessions, because I had a free popcorn for my birthday in February, guys. Yeah. Um, yep. It took 20 minutes. So we missed the very beginning. That made me mad. Oh, but anyway. Man. Yeah. And I was like, we were there early. So uh, Cruella, I've been rewatching Shit's Creek because, duh. And then I watched um, three episodes of 
I think it's the last three episodes of Handmaid's Tale. And then um, I don't know if you've seen it on uh, the Netflix, but that show Black Summer, which is like a zombie show, uh, they just released season two. So I've watched a few episodes of that. I like it. I, I like zombie watched things. Any of that. <clears throat> well, so that's what I've been watching. So I've mostly watched movies because of, again, I'm covering Tribeca, so I'm going to kind of power through a bunch of these real fast. Um, but if any of these movies catch your attention, you should still be able to rent them until the 23rd, I think, at TribecaFilm.com. And uh, please, if you want more information about these movies, check out Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, where I've talked about some of these, and I will be talking about the rest of these on our next episode. Um, plus, com has a lot of reviews for some of these movies. Uh, we aren't reviewing every single one written because we're doing the podcast, too. But Matt and I are uh, both writing reviews and posting on each other's sites. So you can go to whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or com to read our coverage of Tribeca in the written form. And then subscribe to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast to hear the details. But real fast, um, watch uh, a new movie about um, Jeff. Nope. Who's a serial killer that Zach, Af- Zach Efron played a couple years ago? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Man, my, I am definitely out of it. Um, no Man of God is a new movie about uh, Ted Bundy that stars Elijah Wood, not as Ted Bundy, but as a FBI profiler who um, helps convince Ted Bundy to uh, confess right before he was um, put to the electric chair. Um, and so it's it's a very talking movie. It's a lot of scenes of them in a room together and, and discussing talking. And it's uh, I haven't watched Mindhunter, but I get the vibe. It is very much the same type of thing that Mindhunter is doing. Um, and now I really want to watch Mindhunter. Actually, I, I did like No Man of God. Definitely worth checking out. I don't know when it uh, will be distributed, but it should still be available, I think, at TribecaFilm.com. Um, watch this great documentary called Blind Ambition, which is about the first Zimbabwe... Uh, team to enter a blind wine tasting competition. Have you ever seen a blind wine tasting, Corey? No, I'm just thinking of Parks and Rec. But it's, it's not. pretty crazy because they have like six categories, right? For oh a, uh, a bottle of wine, and I think they go through eight bottles. They're not drinking, so they're not getting like blitz. What? But like you know, they they look smell at it. it, they sip it, they smell it, uh, and they have to answer like where do they think what type of grapes what region it's from, what year it's from, what type of wine it is. Like it's this whole thing. And it's uh, that's, they get point for each correct answer. Um, and so you have to know like everything, right? Like you have to know where wines come from and what type of grapes make, what types of wine and blah, blah, blah. blah. Like it's, it's pretty crazy to watch. Um, it's very competitive, but it's also the, the four guys uh, have really crazy backstories. It's very much an underdog story. It's just a really, really great documentary. Um, watched a mediocre horror movie called all my friends hate me it just did not click for me um i'll just go past that one i watched another great documentary uh the documentaries are definitely crushing it at tribeca this year accepted um which is about a uh school from tech uh louisiana excuse me um and they uh the reason the documentary is getting made is because this school had a hundred percent college acceptance rate with their graduating class in i think 2017 or 2018 what and 30% 30% of that were into Ivy League schools in a district that was notoriously not good. But this school, they, they did things different. They brought, you know, they have different setup. The classrooms are different. Um, and so this documentary is getting made. And then there's a twist. 
um, not everything was above board, so to speak. And so the documentary team kind of accidentally ends up getting into a very different film than what they thought they were making. And so it's a super compelling story. If you've seen documentaries like Three Identical Strangers or uh, Tickled or Wiener, um, all three of which have direction shifts at the very least where they thought they were making one movie turns out they're making something slightly different um which make them for the audience extremely compelling watches so those are uh that's available again on at tribeca film um watched a movie called italian studies Uh, a couple years ago Corey, we covered a movie called tramps it was a netflix original um and it starred one of the guys from green room if i remember correctly um and the director this is his new film uh italian studies stars vanessa kirby really it's i really enjoyed it it is not a movie that everyone will enjoy it doesn't have a traditional plot structure or and it's not super concerned with that it's more this kind of mood piece uh exploration there's a few things that the director kind of falls back on his crutches uh towards the end but um there's a new performer simon uh brickner who is fantastic and he's good enough that I've remembered his name, which I'm clearly not great at as I could not remember Ted Bundy's name a few seconds ago. Um, and uh, he's a, a, a first time actor in this movie and he's terrific. Um, he's, if he chooses to continue acting, I think we'll see some great stuff from him. Uh, watched a interesting movie called Agnes. Um, it is a exorcist type movie, but it's also other stuff and it's uh it's interesting. I didn't love it, but I also definitely didn't hate it. It's got some compelling stuff. And, um, you know, I think it could have done a few things a little more in depth, but it was pretty compelling. Nevertheless, uh, I watched a movie called God's waiting room primarily picked this one because, uh, it was set in central Florida. And, um, I, I don't think it says exactly, but it's in like the general central area. Um, but it, it's all right. It's it's weird. Uh, I didn't love it. Um, but, you know, it was set in Florida. And the guy's from Florida. He moved to New York. And then so he wanted to make his this movie. He was like, he did everything. He, like, wrote, produced, directed, edited, and co-stars. He's, like, the third lead in the movie. So, you know, good for uh, Tyler Riggs, I think is his name. But um, now this movie, Corey, you're going to want to write this movie down or save it to your watch list or whatever you need to do to remember this. But The Justice of Bunny King stars an actress who I know you're a big fan of Essie Davis. She's the lead in the Babadook. Um, oh, she's great. This movie also co-stars Thomas and McKenzie, who uh, if you've seen without a trace, I don't remember if you watched that or not, but if you didn't, I, I yes. feel like we might've did that on the podcast. Okay. Did. Um, loved it. The girl from that. Fantastic. Right. And she's also in Jojo rabbit, um, which I know in, you love. Isn't she also in that new Edgar Wright movie that's coming out? She Something sure is. Soho? Yes. I always forget yeah, her the name, last night so Thomas and McKenzie, and she's a terrific actress. Uh, Justice of Bunny King has both of them in it, and it is a directorial debut, and it's so good. It's it's very emotional. It's not like a it's not a light movie, but it's it's great. Uh, the performances are outstanding. Um, absolutely adore this movie. Uh, adores might be the wrong word. I just thought, I adore the performances. I think the, both actresses are just crushing it. Um, then we'll watch the movie we're going to be talking about here in just a few minutes. Um, watch the third documentary uh, from this festival that I really got into. Aha! The movie. It's about the band. Aha! I was messaging you about it while I was watching this because I only knew them for Take On Me, right? Yeah. I've only heard a few of their songs. <laughs> yeah. Apparently have a massive catalog. 
pretty big following everywhere else. Uh, well, we in America, America only seem to know them for for the one song, and mainly because of the music video more than anything. Um, and I've seen the songs been used in tons of other movies, right? Like Sing Street, he, that's the first song he sings to uh, to the girl, um, and then it's in uh, La La Land. I think the band plays it at the the party, and so very familiar with the song. The music video itself has been parody. I think Family Guy did the video at one point, and like you know, it's just been it's such an iconic music video. The documentary utilizes that art style for parts of it. It's really really good. I I was very uh, intrigued to learn so much about the band i actually didn't know they were norwegian um so like most of the movies and subtitles because two of them either don't speak much english or choose not to speak english the third one does speak english but it's still subtitled because i guess it's a little broken but i didn't think it was that broken but um yeah but i was really into it i thought it was great i i actually also like a lot of their other songs uh so i i've been meaning to listen to them i have not yet but um Catch the Fair One, another film. All these are from Tribeca. Uh, Catch the Fair One, I uh, watched because Darren Aronofsky is a producer on it, which doesn't mean much because a lot of filmmakers produce things and it's just them giving money to other filmmakers. It's not necessarily in any involvement. Other times it is. Um, but uh, I thought it was solid. It, it ends a little weaker than I would have liked, but um, it's a good lead performance from a professional boxer whose name I'm not going to remember. But uh it's it's a, a not an easy movie it's about sex trafficking and specifically it's kind of got like a taken vibe um you know she's looking for revenge so to speak um but it's 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 underplay some of the elements that it's t- trying to discuss in a way that i think if you don't read about it you wouldn't know that's what it was doing and that's problematic um in a not in a like a problematic trouble sort of way but it's like well if I if a person watches this movie and do, doesn't read anything about it, they won't know the things you're talking about that are important and people should know about. So, if you're gonna, you know, take a stance on something, make sure it's clear what you're taking a stance on in the movie so that people know that it's a thing. Um, Clay Dream is the last documentary I watched, which I think is my favorite because it's about filmmaking. And uh, okay, so Corey, California Raisins, you know who they are. I love the California Raisins. I was a Raisinette for Halloween one year. Wow, I did not like the chocolate-covered raisin or like a Raisinette because you're a girl? Because I was a girl. It was those um, okay. old, really dangerous, flammable, uh, like, foam costumes that you just mm. hopped into. And it had, like, armholes. And I wore tights because it's Florida and I wanted to die of heat stroke, of course. Yeah, I was a Raisinette. Oh, yes. Let's talk about wow. it. Wow. So, Clay Dream is uh, a focuses on Will Vinton. Will Vinton, who uh, started Claymation. He's considered to be the father of Claymation. Um, and uh, th- he wanted to be like Walt Disney, but with Claymation. Like, he wanted to own this. He wanted to have his own character, like Mickey Mouse kind of thing. And starts Will Vinton Studios, right? Um, he's responsible for the California Raisins. The company is also the reason why the M&Ms look the way they do. They didn't do the uh, the actual ad, but it was his their pitch that and like their design that became the iconic talking M and M's that we know from the commercials now for what twenty thirty years. Um, California raisins. He did a bunch of other stuff. First feature uh, claymation film ever made was through their company. It was called Adventures of um, Mark Twain. Didn't do very well, uh, but it was the first feature length claymation movie, and. I don't think this is a spoiler because early in the movie, we learn that he, uh, 
is being sued and or is suing Phil uh, Phil Lord, who is the CEO of Nike and major contributor to the the studio. He gave a lot of money to the studio. Now, I'm sorry, not Phil, Peter Lord, Peter Lord, Phil Lord, I think is from Lord and Miller, the directors of Lego, the Lego movie and other such things. Um, Peter Lord is the, uh, that doesn't sound right either. Is that the right guy? It's, no, it's Phil Knight is the guy's name. I'm sorry. That's, there's too many people. Um, he's not listed on the, the thing. Anyways, point being, I learned something I did not know watching this documentary that, that shook me, that made me do so much reading. Um, first, uh, we have covered many of the Leica films on this podcast. Leica Studios is Will Vinton Studios. What? He lost the rights to the company to the Nike CEO. The CEO bought the shares to, of the company. His son, Travis Knight, is the director of Kubo and the Two Strings <clears throat> and the current CEO of of Leica. And I was blown away because I thought Leica was a new company that started with Coraline. They just rebranded when they did Coraline. That was their first feature film since the adventures of Mark Twain. Everything else they did was TV or commercials or things like that. And they were losing money uh, because they lost their two TV shows. They did the, the PJs, which was the Eddie Murphy inspired claymation TV show. I think it was on Fox, if I remember correctly. And then uh, Gary and Mike or Gary and something. Um, that I also had watched, like I, I I'd forgotten all about it till the documentary, and then they're like the studios. Which here's the important thing: I learned that Travis Knight was really angstful as a rich teenager and was trying to be a rapper. And you can watch his music video on YouTube if you search Travis Knight rapper. Uh, it's not good, but it's really funny. So you know. I learned a lot and it made me like completely reevaluate my, my interpretation of Leica studios. And it's kind of sad because Will Vinton lost his company kind of blindsided. Um, it's, and so the documentary covers all of that and more. So yeah, if, if you like filmmaking, if you're interested in Leica studios, if you're interested in, if you were a fan of the California raisins, like both Corey and I were, um, which is so weird to say, cause it was literally an ad to try to get kids to eat more raisins, but yet we fell for it. Um, capitalism. I still didn't and, I still don't need raisins. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I don't. I think it was just more successful with ma- selling merchandise than actually selling the the fruit they were trying Fair. to market. I didn't but have the little posable figurines. <laughs> I think I did, and I loved the the claymation Christmas special they did. Um, there was like two years of. I think they would rerun it, and there was a whole bit about um the song "Here We Come." Um. A waffling? I don't remember what the actual... I only remember what the joke is because I don't remember what the... There was a... De, throughout the episode, they're debating what the word is. What are they waffling? Here we come, a waffling, blah, 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 blah. Like, it, I've never forgotten it. I haven't seen it since I was like six or seven, and I've never forgotten it. And so this documentary triggered that kind of like... Yeah, I really like the stupid talking raisins for John, some reason. I don't know why. I will see if my grandmother has a picture of me as a raisinette somewhere. Oh, that would be, that could be our cover episode for, uh, yes. for the, um, but, uh, yeah. So again, most of those movies are available to watch on, uh, Tribeca film. Some of them may have already passed, but they will be coming out at some point, probably somewhere. So, uh, if any of those caught your attention, add them to your watch list on letterbox.com or IMDb or wherever you might keep track of, 
uh, your, the movies you want to see. Um, my watch list is never ending. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what I've been watching. Oh, I also watched the first two episodes of Loki, but technically I watched the first episode last week and watched the second episode this week. <sighs> it's really good. I think Loki's, uh, so far it's, I think my favorite of the, the Marvel shows and I've enjoyed all of them. So that's still high praise. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hiddleston like and Hiddleston. Owen Wilson together are oh, Owen Wilson's crushing it in my opinion. I I've always kind of liked Owen Wilson. He gets a, a a bad rap because he is a lot of times just playing variations of Owen Wilson in movies. He's not you know he's not losing himself in the character usually. But I like Owen Wilson, so like I'm not upset at that. Uh, you know, we're you and I are both big Wes Anderson fans, so we've seen a lot like, of uh, Owen Wilson stuff. I feel like that's when you know you've made it because like. When you don't, I don't know, like often, I mean, I feel like Bill Paxton, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like Tom Hanks often, I don't know, like they don't change mm. the way they talk oftentimes, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel I'm like, a, I feel like you need to move Tom Hanks out of that list. Uh, yeah. Hanks Cause then done. I was like, then I'm like, then first, of course, Tom, uh, Forrest Gump comes to mind. Uh, I, okay, it never mind. Actors. I mean, you have actors like Gary uh, Gary Oldman who completely lose themselves in their roles, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can almost not recognize them from some. Um, but yeah, no, there are definitely Owen's not alone in that category. There's definitely no. actors who are just them, um, and then there are actors who can do both. Because uh, Hanks, there Word. are certain roles where Hanks is the same guy, um, but he definitely can he can go outside of it. Like uh, to me, he's Mister Rogers. Like uh, in Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I think he's completely taken into that character um you know what i mean but, though and i do I, I do for sure uh, and oh wilson's got a specific style and he's he knows how to use it i like i find him funny and charming and mm-hmm. he's crushing it on loki uh the chemistry between the two guys is also really good um watch it yeah it's worth checking out it's on disney plus uh but that's what we've been watching now let's get to why we're really here this week we are in the unwanted <laughs> category for june 2021 <laughs> We're here to talk about Sleepaway Camp 2, colon, Unhappy Campers. Um, it's from 1988. It has a 5.7 IMDb user rating, which IMDb, you're being a bit kind. Uh, no meta score to speak of because it probably did not get that kind of a... You know, this is a weird uh, divergence, which happens a lot with the slasher films. But um, So we have Sleepaway Camp, which is just listed as a horror film there's no real humor to be spoken of although some of the kills are are horrifically i think silly if i remember correctly but yeah there is a twist at the end that some people laugh at but the laugh at is more out of shock and uh, i i think in some ways it might be a little more insensitive today than it would have been when it came out i think uh given um the implications that this person, uh, I guess, spoiler for the original Sleepaway <laughs> Camp. Um, the big twist is that Angela is actually not Angela, but her brother, Peter. Um, and, well, it's, the naming <laughs> convention is probably not the best, but has, in fact, a Peter. Um, and it's revealed at the end, you see uh, that it's not actually Angela, it is a boy. And he has been killing everybody because of the psychological damage and to be fair and where i think it's an important distinction is that it's not that peter wanted to be a girl peter was forced to be a girl by the aunt that uh, the aunt couldn't handle losing 
Angela, and since Peter was the only one left alive from a tragic boating accident, made Peter be Angela. So that's the difference. It wasn't a person who wanted to be a different gender. It was a person who was forced to be somebody different entirely. So that's where I think maybe it's not as, as um, bad as it could be. You know, it's not, to- it's not saying that a trans person is and crazy. Isn't it like anytime that anyone is getting close to finding out that they start no, it, murdering? It's, it's anything like mean or cruel to Angela or I think her, her cousin's name is Ricky. If I remember correctly, um, okay. if I, and I've only seen it once, uh, to be fair. So I don't know for sure, but I, what I read on the Wikipedia is that it's any, anybody who's mean or rude to her in an extreme way, Angela kills and it, but it's also, that is part of it, uh, hiding the secret, but it is implied that, you know, Peter's messed up because the aunt made him be Angela. So he's, he's messed up. So this one, the sequel, I mean, living as a completely uh, different person. Sorry. Right. Angela is back. And this is in the plot synopsis, which I'm going to read right now. Actually, Angela supposedly reformed, yeah. reformed and living under an assumed surname is working at a summer camp. However, when the campers start misbehaving, she shoo- soon, I don't know what, why you guys say there. She soon <laughs> reverts to her old ways directed by Michael A. Simpson, uh, writers, Fritz Gordon, Robert hits hits lick, which is only because of his original idea. He was the writer director for sleepaway camp. Um, such an interesting history with this franchise. Uh, okay, first of all, playing Angela is Pamela Springsteen. And I'm like, that's a famous last name. I yeah. wonder if there's any relation. Yes, there is. Uh, the relationship is that she is Bruce Springsteen's sister and uh, making kind of a debut. The woman on the cover of the box doesn't look like the same person in the movie. No. To me, uh, it must be. But the way her hair is is different, and she her face looks slightly different. Um, but here's the thing I didn't notice until right before our recording, Corey. Playing Molly, who uh, is one of the camp- the campers, is Renee Estevez. And I was like, hey, that's that- also a famous last name. <laughs> and yes, she is the really? sister to Emilio really? and Charlie and daughter of, um, Mike, uh, of Sheen, Martin Sheen. And I was like, what? what is happening? Why are these two... You know, and Renee Estevez has acted a lot since this movie, but it's so funny to me. She's the daughter of not, I mean, it's 88 when this movie comes out. So Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez have done lots of movies at this point, right? Like we've had Breakfast Club already, Outsider. Why is she getting stuck in this and not a John Hughes movie? Blows my mind, right? Like what is happening? Like both have been in Bueller already. Like, and then Angela Springsteen. Bruce has been famous for at least 15 years by 88. I would think I, I'm not an expert, but based on, I, I did watch it blinded by the light. And so I have a little bit of history from Bruce Springsteen's like both of these people feel like they, by nepotism alone should not be in this movie because this movie is real bad. I like, kind of love it though. <laughs> I enjoyed watching it too, because it is that it's not so bad. It's good. I, it's so bad. It's just funny. I have a confession. So, yes. You are not supposed to message me about the movies that we're watching. This sir. is true. It, traditionally, we do not. Twice, he's like, God, this is so bad, or something. And I'm just like, I didn't expect it to be good. <laughs> I mean, 
No, like right. went real literal with, you know. And also, I was looking for things I had already watched the first one of, you know. Um, but I, there's no way this movie was taking itself seriously. And I was laughing the whole time. The one-liners. Just the stuff that everyone is saying. The way that people are dying. I was just, I was dying of laughter. I yeah. just. I mean, I didn't hate it. <laughs> okay, so, all right. Um, that's Corey's take. Uh, and I also, it's it's very bad, and there are parts that really annoyed me. Um, and the thing that's the worst, I think, of the whole film is that this is like Skinamax level horror movie, right? Where there's a lot of oh, yeah. unnecessary nudity. I I mean, there's a girl who I just mean, I sleep naked in the yeah. in the. In the what are you looking it's at? Like, I wonder. Yeah, and then when she she takes her her bikini top off under her shirt, and then dares like you better not throw me, throw in, me the pool. in the pool. The guy was not thinking about it at all until she said it, and then he threw her in the pool so she could do the very like you know classic come out of the pool like a mermaid and like pose. I mean, <laughs> this is like at least a perfect. year I think before Little Mermaid, if I'm not mistaken. But Ariel steals mm. the move like spot on. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, like, a lot of unnecessary nudity throughout the film. And most slasher films meet that criteria yeah. of uh, the killer kills the sinners because it's supposed to be, like, a metaphor or an allegory for, you know, if you sin, you will be punished. This movie is, like, real on the nose about it. Angela is very much, like, if you sin, I'm going to get you. Um, but, okay, I want to talk so much about this franchise that I would like to go ahead and move into spoilers. So both Perfect. of us think it's bad, but very entertaining. But let's get into spoilers. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about Sleepaway Camp 2 and Happy Campers in great detail. You have been warned. I didn't do a lot of so, research. I didn't do a lot specifically, but I wanted to know because there's there are currently five movies great. in this franchise. Might have to check them all out. And the the history of the films are crazy because it, it, here's the thing number 1 comes out in 83 5 years later we get this B movie horror movie right after they're finished filming this one they start filming number 3 like they don't there's like it's the same crew and everything they just move oh, wow. right into this film something they don't do very often but when it's low budget so it releases a year later it, the, the the second one comes yeah. out August 26 1988 a year later we get Sleepaway Camp 3 Teenage Wasteland and apparently they go even further away from the 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 idea of the first one, and Angela even like kind of just starts killing people at random. Like she's like, there. It's no longer I'm punishing you for doing bad things. It's just like I just like to kill people, and that's the third movie. Thirst for blood. What? So, the fourth movie. Oh God! Is really crazy. Not even it, Angela. It's unlicensed. It's not Angela. It's unlicensed. So they're kind of like cheating in it. It gets shut down because its production company runs out of money, and uh, they only make like a thirty-minute movie. That's nineteen ninety-two. Yeah, that's the fourth so one. Nineteen ninety-two. Yes, but hold on, because it's not that story is not over. In nineteen ninety-two, it's only a thirty-four-minute movie, and in two thousand and eight-ish, they start. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's two thousand and twelve is when it is released what? as a full-length movie. They use back footage from the first three films. They like cut in flashbacks and stuff because part of the character is that she's uh, having dreams that she can't. So she's a quote unquote survivor 
the character does not exist in the other movies, but she's listed as a survivor from one of the other uh, murder sprees of Angela. And um, so they type flashbacks in to make it just 70 minutes long, but it actually came out as the fifth. It's the fourth movie because it came out in 1992, but then it was re-released in 2012, four years after the fifth movie, which is called <laughs> Return to Sleepaway Camp, which is directed by the original director from Sleepaway Camp. Folks, this is nuts. This franchise is so such a crazy. Mess. It's such a mess that I also am God, like, I I'm it. so fascinated by this. I, <laughs> yeah, I right? kind of want to watch the other ones. Um, I don't know how hard it is to get all of them at this point. So I don't think I'm like, I don't want to spend more money on this franchise, but if I can find like a box set that's affordable, I was I'm going to have to. That like, cause I was expecting the second one to be part of like a collection on the service that it was purchased from, but it wasn't. Yes. Well, okay, so here's the oh, poster. And I mentioned this last week that I was like, it's so lame that on the poster, she's holding a backpack that has Freddy's claws, Jason's mask, and a chainsaw, which I didn't even acknowledge the chainsaw, but that's obviously Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And even now looking at it, the backpack's blue and kind of resembles Mike Myers' uh, oh, his, like, jumpsuit. One, yeah. So i'm like it's so that's so lame for this movie to even try to reference those better slasher films only to find out that those characters make appearances kind of because a few campers decide they're going to scare some other campers and they dress up as freddie and jason and angela decides to get in on the mix and dresses up as a combination mike myers Leatherface. like i don't know if you caught that but to me that's what it was because like the the look of her face was very much mike myers except it was clearly like pieced together like Leatherface, and then she's holding a chainsaw which is traditionally not mike myers weapon of choice so i was like wow not only does the poster make way more sense now but the, this movie was like yeah we're gonna reference other serial killer movies because in the world of sleepaway camp those horror films must exist because those campers have seen those movies oh my and, god yes I'm just looking through the posters and like 86 of 88 is she's back. Like I said, it should have been the tagline. It says nightmare vacation Two. What was that? Like an alternate title? I don't really know. Probably with Pamela. Yeah. So, Oh God. Um, I had a hard time tracking each of the campers. Some of the campers look very, very similar. Um, the, okay. Okay. Um, I have notes because I was just like, I have to talk about <laughs> specific things. So hang on. Um, Okay, so where this film is, like, real bad uh, is, like, there's a lot of it silly and cheesy. The one-liners, and I have to say, I think uh, Springsteen does a solid job with the deliveries. Like, she's rocking like she's an action star. Um, Like, it's a little campy, but it totally fits with the the vibe. But, so there's a scene, Angela catches a girl, uh, there were the two stoner girls. Was it? She catches them drinking. And and smoking. And then it cuts to her catching them drinking and smoking again, but this time with boys. And then she kills them. Like it's two scenes that are basically identical for no reason because there's no there's literally no gap. It's like she we ca- we see her catch them, she doesn't say anything to them. Cut to her catching them again. I think this time we hear people saying, "Where are they? We haven't seen them." And then she catches them and kills them. And I'm just like why did we have that other scene in there? Like, just cut that other scene out. Because and this, that again, yes, 
adding the boys was like the tipping point. Okay. But we don't need to see that. We already, we hear that they're smoking and drinking. You know what I'm saying? Like it's again, I know this movie's bad, but that to me was like the epitome of like, okay, well that's just, that's not even like good continuity. It's like, I get the, the, there's probably no budget for the effects. Some of the kills are real, real bad. The makeup isn't great. Oh my God. Um, like even the first kill we see her cut out a girl's tongue and the way like they have to film it because there's no way for them to fake it. We just look at her fist and like she slowly is cutting and the girl's not moving. And then she just like puts a fake tongue down on the, <laughs> next to her. <laughs> oh, it's so, so bad. Good. Th- I can forgive that stuff because that's like budgeting things, but bad editing is usually just like either the filmmaker doesn't trust the story or isn't paying attention to their own story. And that, that I have an issue with. Um, I just really think they were trying to get up to that 70. Was it how how long was this? 70 minutes? Uh, I think it's a little longer than that. I think it's like 88. Oh. 120 oh, 120. Minutes, so. Sorry, guys. So it was 80 minutes. Um. Yeah. So my favorite kill. Oh, hold on, I have two. Hold on, I have two. And they're both in that cabin she goes to. But when she makes that girl go into the outhouse, do we call that toilet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. knew you were loving that. I was just thinking about all the scenes you love, like from, oh my God, why am I forgetting that movie that we both like a lot? Uh, Slumdog Millionaire? Oh God. No, the other one that I love, Train Spotting. Ah, yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, John. But then her like head like comes up and she's got leeches all over that one was pretty great, as well as other gross things that are in toilets and outhouses. And then when she yeah. kills Molly's boyfriend, who I'm forgetting his name right now. Is it Sam? Steve? I don't know. But when Something she like ki- kills him and Sean, but they That's like it. they decide to show it, and it looks like... Bill's like, oh my god, this is so good, or something, because it looks like a paper mache head, <laughs> and then they just chop it off. Yeah. It was so good. So, um, there was a, a trope that drove me nuts, too. So this is oh. another criticism. They would cut to what would look like blood, and then they would pull out, and it would not be blood. It would be, like, pancake syrup, and there was uh, paint was the first time. And oh, they do it, like, two or three times in the movie. And it's like, okay, you're not even, like, there's no, we wouldn't expect it to be a kill because we were watching the kills. Like, so it's this dumb thing to try to fake scare us that she killed someone else and we didn't get to see it. Like, it's not what this movie's doing. So don't do that. That's, you know, the whole point of that is to, to shock us. Um, sorry, again, it's a bad movie and a lot of it's fun bad, but the little things like that. Okay. So when they find the cabin. Yeah. And they show all the different, like the, the, the characters we get like POV of them kind of like seeing all of their friends dead. Yeah. Several of them are breathing, like blatantly yes. breathing. Like, yes. I was like, Oh man, you guys couldn't hold your breath for the shot. Like, I was like, that girl is breathing. And Bill's like, what? That is so bad. I was like, Bill, she's yeah. breathing. And I like rewound it. I can't remember which girl it was, but she's like, I don't even know if she's trying at all. She's just like no. breathing for real. Oh God. Thank you. Like for... heavy breathing. Like she was almost panting. Like, <laughs> like she like ran or something. Places, oh, places. Yeah. I don't know. That was a good one though. 
Um, I think at least three of them are clearly breathing. Two of them are are definitely not actual people. Like it's very like their their bodies are too mangled to be real people. Mm-hmm. Or like I think like kids with the mask, you didn't have to have a real person because it's a mask anyways. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh man. And then Molly. Uh, so Estevez is not as good as Springsteen in this because she's definitely. I don't think she's having fun in the role. Um, when she has to hit Angela with the stick, it is the fakest looking thing ever. Like, I, I guess they didn't have like a fake stick, so they were just being really gentle with it. And it is like, what is happening? Why? Like, cut away, even like, don't show it. It looks awful. No, <laughs> so bad. I love all the badness in this, though. <sighs> I just, I, you know. It, it's really funny because the first movie is not trying to be funny at all. The third movie apparently goes even worse. And you should oh. watch the trailer for the third movie when you get a second because the wig they make her wear is so bad because she's pretending to be a different person um, because she's she's like taking the place of a different camper. And uh, oh, man, the wig is terrible. Um, and uh, the fourth one is like the fourth one that is again kind of unofficial fourth one they um go back to just being a horror movie and then the fifth one that the original director is now involved in is a comedy again so it's like what what is going on with this franchise man they just can't decide um and i think like you could nightmare on elm street is definitely a scarier movie than the subsequent films where they go for the humor all the more right like they really dive into freddie being like a stand-up comedian um but and i don't feel like they do that with jason but the movies get more and more ridiculous where they are kind of they're like stupid funny like they still the kills are still serious jason doesn't start cracking jokes or anything like that and i think that's true with halloween as well some of the stuff around mike myers is really stupid and you laugh at it but they they have a serious commitment to the horror genre i think in those other films yeah sleepaway camp goes real hard on the camp and the b movie quality of the horror films again do what they want pushing in nudity wherever they can um i didn't realize that it is pamela springsteen again in the third one so yeah it's the same crew like they literally that's right right, let's wrap on number two starting number three uh they jump right into it yeah i just i don't know She's like the only actress in in the like Molly doesn't appear to be in it at all, which I'm like well, Molly's they, dead. They end this movie. What? I mean, because they ended two. She, uh, Angela finds her. She like drives right up to her. I'm like, yeah, she's gonna yeah. kill her. No way. She's totally likes Molly. Didn't you get the vibe that she was excited to have found her? Not like when she pulls up next to Molly. Marbles. I don't know that she ever had the marbles. That's the thing. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like Angela at the end of number two is is actually excited to have found Molly, not because she wants to kill her, but because she's like, "Hey, we get another chance to be friends." Like that's because Molly, if she's following her rules, the technically speaking, Molly, Molly tried to kill her, but Molly still has Molly Word. is the quote unquote final girl trope like hardcore she's, she's a good girl. the innocent yeah. one she's the good girl she's nice to angela she's even sympathetic to the story about the they're talking about angela without knowing they're talking about angela um yeah like so i i don't know and again the way it ends is very silly like Mo, like angela 
in Springsteen's performance, especially, just seems so excited to me to see, like, hey, I found you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty ridiculous. But yeah, Molly, if Molly dies even there, it's not, I don't believe it will be shown in the third movie unless they do it and they just don't credit her because uh, maybe you didn't have to see her. I don't know. I'm guessing it's, it's, it's long enough that the camp has, um, so number three, uh, it's the same camp, but it has rebranded to Camp New Horizons because they're trying to, nobody will come to a camp where people were murdered. So um, classic, you know, Camp Crystal Lake just keeps reopening. It's like, uh, maybe stop. Stop going to Camp Crystal Lake, guys. Like, duh. Uh, at least this camp tried to rebrand. So. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, you got anything else? <laughs> no. Okay, folks. So here's the deal. About two years ago, I oh, think God. it's been that long, and that's that's crazy. Oh no! I lost uh, the uh, Academy Awards draft that Big Tuna <laughs> uh, and Matt and I partook in. Um, I I lost uh, to both of them, and I had to watch a movie of their choosing each. Um, if I remember correctly, Big Tuna went. Uh, positive and he didn't give me a bad movie because he'd already punished me with a Medea. Uh, he punished us. Oh yeah. That Halloween wasn't fair. I hadn't too. No. Yeah. Um, so Matt picked the sequel to his favorite movie. Matt's favorite movie, which this is, is the like, exorcist, which that's kind of a weird thing. I've never met anyone else. Hello, Matt, that that's their favorite movie. And it's not the, like, it's like not just one of those things where, like, you, he, no, he rewatches it all the time. All the time? That's, yeah, he watches it a lot. Like, at least once a year, if not more. Like, it is, it's not just, like, okay. where I appreciate how great a movie is and I say it's a favorite. No, no. Matt loves The Exorcist. And to be fair, it is a, a very well-made movie. It's very um, stressful. But, yeah. It, yeah, I don't, I have no desire to rewatch The Exorcist. Not because it's not great. I just, it's stressful and messed up. But folks, next week we're going to be watching. I, I brought, I dragged Corey down with me. I feel like you hate me sometimes. The Heretic. Hey, it's only an hour and fifty-seven minutes. It's not two and a half hours this time. Um, we just keep on creeping up there. It has a three point eight IMDb user rating. The user rating is three point eight. Is that out it of has 10? a? Yeah, it's out of ten. Okay, it has a thirty-nine meta score. Um, the premise is a teenage girl once possessed by a demon, that's Reagan, finds that it still lurks within her. Meanwhile, a priest investigates the death of the, of the girl's exorcist, uh, directed by John Borman, not, um, Friedkin, uh, and then uncredited also directing Rospo Pallenberg, which means somebody probably got fired last part of it and had to step in would be my guess, or maybe oh, not I fired, but something poster. maybe went wrong. Um, stars Richard Burton, Linda Blair returning as Reagan, uh, Louise Fletcher. Um, this comes out in 1977. So this is just what, like six years later, I think 71, if I'm not mistaken, is, uh, Exorcist. Um, 73. It's, uh, Max von Sydow shows up in it as Father Marin. So he does come back. It's 73. Oh man, I was off by two years. Oh my God. There's some oh Ned Beatty is in this. He just passed away a few days ago. Um, James Earl Jones is in this, which is 
baffling because this is the same yeah same year as star wars <laughs> that is hilarious um yeah so we will be uh talking about this movie i'm definitely gonna do some reading as to uh why this is considered the like one of the worst of the the franchise if you will because a lot of people like exorcist 3 there's some oh. crazy stories with dominion um and or i think it's got two names there's uh two different versions of dominion um depending on uh which director's version you watch because i think there were two i don't remember this, like there's some crazy story between the fourth one um and yeah uh okay well i just accidentally came across this detail Corey. Corey in the exorcist 2 there is a tap dance routine choreographed by daniel joseph giaggi there's a there's a tap dance routine in this movie (laughs) i can't wait to watch this um excuse me hopefully it will be as fun as sleepaway camp it probably will not i am thinking that it probably won't be because i don't think it's trying to be (laughs) or you know yeah but so that's our last movie for unwanted uh with the sequels that nobody asked for um so far of the sequels uh I, what was the what was your first one? That's a great question. And it's this month is just so long. Uh, the the curse of the cat people that was a good one. I know, it's but such even a Val horror. Luton had no real desire to yeah. make a sequel. Um, the raid two. People technically Meh. did want it, but at the same time, I wasn't really wanting it for the story. I just liked the real the action for the raid. It's still it, the second one's solid. It's a little long, but it's not bad. Sleepaway Camp 2, terrible, but fun. It's a good B-horror movie. It's a, I mean, it's still a bad movie. Don't get me wrong, but we had fun watching it. Yeah. I don't know what we're getting into with this one, guys. Uh, but I think, you know, Matt Matt has picked this again. He's a completionist. Um, so we're going to get into Exorcist 2, The Heretic, next week. Oh, it's bedtime. So, with that, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the movies. Oh, I guess uh, Sleepaway Camp 2, our ratings, um, I'm going to say not a total waste of time. Oh, man, I'm going to go. I feel pretty positively about it, actually. Um, I'm going to go with... It's hard, though, because I don't recommend that most people see this. I say for most exactly. people, it's a decent watch. But for me personally, I'd say not quite Golden Pony Boy. <laughs> Man, that's insane. Um, so, um, <laughs> if you like what we're doing here, if you have any comments, you want to share your thoughts or punish Corey for making you watch. I don't want your hate mail. mail. Um, <laughs> reach, reach out on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. I'm taking a sabbatical. No, I'm at Corey R. Star. <laughs> <laughs> Two R's on the end. <laughs> and, uh, if you like what we're doing, we ask that you take a minute, rate and review the podcast. Please listen to other episodes, not just this one. And, um, you know, if you like it, help other people find us by giving us that five-star rating on whatever pod uh, catcher you use. And we'll be back next week with Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Until next time, keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think.
has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. <laughs> <laughs>